Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. Welcome to the following on podcast from Talk Sport. I'm John Norman, alongside Steve Harmison, looking back at all the action from Gore. The fourth and final day of the second test match went England's way, beating Sri Lanka by six wickets, and we're going to be reacting to all the action. You're listening to the following on podcast. So by now you know it's England who take the game and the series 2-0, beating Sri Lanka by six wickets on a day that saw 15 wickets fall. When uh, it, uh, uh, the action gets going in Asian cricket, it really gets going. Saying that, it was almost a serene end to proceedings. A 75-run partnership between Sibley, who went past 50, slightly fortunately uh, to do so, and also 46 from Joss Butler. Totally out of uh, kilter with what happened in the rest of the day. Which was the worst innings? First innings in Gaul or second innings in Gaul in the second Test match? Well, um, there's a debate I'll have with Harmy very shortly. Sri Lanka bundled out for 126, all 10 wickets going to spin, uh, setting up a victory target of 164, which, despite being 89 for four at one stage, England uh, chased down relatively comfortably. Time to get on with it, though, with Story of the Day. Story of the Day. So, Harmy, a big story of the day. For the first time ever, you made a correct prediction. England did (laughs) win the Test match on day four, as confidently predicted at the end of following on yesterday. Uh, They did put the pressure on Sri Lanka. Sri Lanka did panic, didn't they, big time. And uh, boy, oh boy, they'll be looking back at some real missed opportunities when you consider they have won two big tosses and thrown away the advantage on both occasions. But credit must go to England They were professional, um, weren't they? And uh, in the end, after a helter-skelter day, which saw 15 wickets, they won quite comfortably. They did win comfortably. And I thought I I was pleased for for the likes of Butler. Like I said yesterday, I thought chasing us at all. I didn't expect them to be chasing 160. That was the prediction. I I, I thought England could 
could have probably would have bowled them out for, or it would have been chasing under 150. That would have been the ideal. Although anything above that might have been a bit more of a test. But Bester and Butler came out with what I thought they've got energy. Um, I thought Sibley found a way to score runs, and I thought he was fantastic. But I think Spera, uh, you know, story of the day, Spera thought Mickey Arthur, Sri Lanka, they get to the ground this morning. And they must be absolutely shell-shocked now because they get to the ground 42 runs, I think, ahead of England. And six hours later, they've been beaten in a test match. And that just, I think, that there tells you exactly how Sri Lanka have played cricket over the course of these last these last two weeks. They've had passages of play where they've been, been really, really poor, not only in decision-making, um, their shot selection, they've been very, very frantic. Some of their batting and some of their decision-making were shocking. Um, in... You can, you can have a, a knock against England and say, well, have they really had a massive test? You know, question marks against the spin bowlers, all this. You can just beat what's in front of you. I think England will have to raise their game going into India. But take nothing away from what's, what's just happened. Joe Root has won five test matches away in a row. And I think it was just it was mentioned, you know, the, the, the last time that happened, I think it was in 1913. 1913, the last time England won five test matches in a row. I think, I think you know, that tells you everything about what England have achieved over the course of the last 12, 18 months. And I think, you know, for me, I stand and watch, I sit and watch Joe Root lift the Moose Trophy. I know, it's brilliant, tell you, it? it is a brilliant trophy. <laughs> and, and, and I'm really, really proud of, of, uh, of the England captain and the way he's led his troops and the way England have performed, because yeah. yes, they've got a bigger series ahead. Yes, they've got India at home and away, and then the Ashes. But England are, st- you know, they're finding a way to win. And I tell you what, anybody that played professional sport will tell you that is the biggest trait to have. If you things, if things aren't going your way, or if you're in a tight situation, if you can find some runs like Dom Sibley did today, will give massive confidence. And if you can find a way to win, you go into the next series feeling confident about yourself. England. When they get to India, they're coming off the back of a 2-0 victory in Asia. For me, that is a huge confidence builder going into what is going to be a tough six-week period. I totally agree. I I lost count of the amount of times I used to watch um, England teams ahead of a big series, slip to defeat in a warm-up or just about scrape past an A-side, you know, not put in a particularly good performance against a lesser side ahead of a big series and you kind of make excuses for them and you hold out hope. But this was, I used the word term professional earlier on and that's what this was. They did a job, didn't they? And they did it really, really well. And they can look through as well. If you ever look at their 11, right? Let's just do it now. From, From one to 11, you'd have to say the only players that didn't produce in this two-match test series would be Zach Crawley yeah. uh, and possibly Sam Curran. Yeah, Sam Curran, yeah. you could say. Sam Curran, I thought. Crawley, I thought Crawley, he only got 13 today, but I thought I thought in the, thir- the first three innings, I think Crawley and Sibley in this innings, this just gone you know, Crawley got another. He got he got another good ball. To be fair, he's had two good balls in this Test match. But I thought Crawley looked as though he's maybe he's he's worked on his game. He's learned a little bit from his captain first and foremost. Visually watching him, he's probably been in the nets with the likes of of um, of Jack Callis and also talking to Joe Root. And I've seen a little a little subtle change with Crawley and Sibley on how they were defending and how they were playing 
going about the plane they're in. So that for me tells you that they are thinking about the game. They're not just thinking, right, this is how I play. They're adapting to the situation because of you know, Crowley and Sibley probably haven't had this sort of situation in this environment. Yeah that much pressure on them in the heat in everything that goes with it ever in their careers. So it was a good, it was a good education and lesson into what is going to be the next step up when they go across to India. Yeah. And I'm not bagging Curran. He did actually take a couple of wickets in second innings in mm. the first test match. Um, and of course he won't be even in the squad. So it doesn't really matter too much. Bairstow as well. You know, if he'd scored 70 odd today, wow, the clamour would have really been for him to be back in the side. Yeah. I still think you could make the argument that he should be there. But either way, the point is, is that England go to India with confidence. Now, look, I made the mistake of looking at the scorecard the last time England played in Chennai. That was probably a mistake. Uh, you know, India racked up 700 odd and uh, and they declared. So it's going to be really difficult but um, as I say, I think there's plenty that can come from this. One thing I will say, though, is Sri Lanka were poor. Let's not get away from the fact that mm. they had one bowler um, and and Sibley should have been given out. I'm sorry, but law of averages. I, like, I live my life by law of averages, you know, because I watch so much sport. In a weird way, when the team's won seven... So I'll give an example. This uh, Last year, Surrey played in the NatWest Blast final. I think they'd won 10 in a row. I knew we'd lose. Because mm. law of averages, law of <laughs> averages, I'm sorry, it, it's, it, it's the only thing I go by. Now, Dominic Sibley had three LBW shouts today. And if his wicket had gone earlier, who knows what would happen? England probably still would have won. But I don't know about your take, but the first, the first one, I thought the umpire made the right decision. Yeah, I thought he did, yeah. Second one, I thought was out. But Doug yeah. Humble Lloyds, who's... You know, he's been an umpire. He knows the game better than I. He he had sympathy for the ump, saying it's a new ball and blah, blah, blah. But that one, for me, was out. Third one, I thought, I thought it was going to go umpire's call. But yeah. the question is this, right? A good friend of mine once said to me something about LBW decisions, and it, it kind of changed the way I look at them. The umpire should not be asking, is the ball going to hit the stumps? The umpire should be asking, is the ball going to miss the stumps? Yeah. If you ask, if, if you're the umpire and with those three decisions, is the ball going to miss the stumps? I'm sorry. That on, on those three occasions, no, certainly not two of, of three, definitely not one of the three, the second one. I thought so. Dominic Sibley was a little bit fortunate. Um, and that was a big moment in the game for Sri Lanka. Yeah, it was a big moment again, big moment in Dom Sibley's career in, in the subcontinent um, because if he gets another low score, then there'll be a huge you know, question mark. Who does Burns come in for? Do we keep Besto on? Do we do all this? Because he's got another another low score. And in his interview afterwards, he said, you know, I think he said it to Dick Weller as well when Dick Weller asked him on the field if he was going to be opening the bat in India. And he said, I'm not sure. He said, I've not had a great tour, to be fair. So it was a good comeback. I, was, I thought it was great banter <laughs> really? between Dick Weller and, and everybody. But I agree with what you're saying about the, the LBs. My opinion on the LBs is I'm just uneasy that we could potentially have two different scenarios for the same, for the same incident, i.e., we can have an umpire say out or not out with a with a with a with an umpire's call. The ball's going to hit the stumps. Do we go just everything that hits the stumps is out? Then we're going to be playing two day test matches because everybody's going to be of you know appealing like anything. I agree with what you're saying. You know, 
is the ball going to miss the stumps? If that, if you worked with that theory, and at the end of the day, that's the idea of the game. The ball hits the stumps, you're out. Ball misses the stumps, you're not out. And I think because of that, I think in, in Sibley, I agree, the second one for me was out, and I thought the third one was even more out. Even though it was a, a, a bounce a little bit, Sibley was right back on his stumps. It turned a hell of a lot in the, the, in the mind, the umpire's thinking, is it high or is it going down? Well, that not for me. I thought it was, I thought it was, didn't think it was as marginal as that. I thought it was out and he has getting away with it, but you know, fair play to Sibley. He made the most of it. He's getting 50, bad 144 balls in the subcontinent. It's a good, you know, a good net session going into what is going to be a, a tricky time. And sometimes you need a little bit of luck and an element of luck in your career mm. just to, just to kick on and, you know, the confidence and not out 50, a half century going into a, into a tough series, could stand them in good stead. Yeah. And the point you make about Sri Lanka, not playing a lot of test cricket, I think that really came to the fore because yeah. what, one thing you really notice with England is they, they know they can still win. Um, hmm. Now it's very, very difficult to do that. If you're playing Australia away, that's why India was so incredible to come from behind, to continue believing in yourself, despite the ship ball falling apart all around you. Um, but, but England, no, even when things are going against them, they've got the ability, usually when they've got Stokes in the side, in fairness. Um, and at no point did they give up and they, they could have given up. If That innings from Joe Root, just like the first in, uh, test match, actually even more so, that was absolutely crucial, wasn't it? While he was at the crease, you knew England were in this, even though they were so far behind Sri Lanka. Um, and then when they got the chance, they made it count. And that's what that's what good te- teams do. This isn't a great England team, but it's a team that has played a lot of test cricket and it knows that as long as you keep in the game, your time could come. That's what happened. And they they made they made it count when they got their time. They absolutely made it count because they preyed on Sri Lanka's inexperience of playing test cricket. Absolutely. And when you look at the greatest sides in the world or the greatest side that's ever been, that's how they've made their, that's how they've made the name, you know, by, by going toe to toe and then their quality comes out at the other end. I thought Sri Lanka by the end of the test match, look, we are either look tired and I think I'll put that down to not playing a lot of test matches. Um, Finding a way to win is the best trait you could possibly have as a cricket team because of, you know, the confidence that you've got going into it, getting over the line. I'll go back to during my time, 2004, we played, we played seven test matches at home. I think we chased 230, 230 in the fourth innings, three or four out of the seven test matches. Got them comfortably, you know, got them comfortably. But if we didn't get it in the first game, we would never again at the other three. It's a, it's it's when you're in this position, all of a sudden the opposition go, well, they know how to win from here. They know how to win from here. And when you've got somebody like Joe Root, who had to step up, Joe Root had to stand up to the party because of you mentioned, you had no 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 Stokes, you know, huge huge ally in that middle order for Stokes. No Pope who has batted brilliantly for England in the last sort of year since he made his debut. He's, he's his career has gone on the up and up. So there's two big players and two big prolific run scorers. Butler having to move up to six, who has not got the greatest average in test match cricket when it comes to you know, a frontline batsman for his talent. He had to step up and I thought he did brilliantly today. So uh, there was a lot of good positives in this, in this two test match series where England can draw on. If 
times get hard, times are trouble. We have been in this position before. We know how to get over the line. It's like when I keep teaching young bowlers. I want young bowlers to bowl and try and get a five for understand how you get five wickets. Work backwards. Now, how you get to five wickets. And the only way you can do it is by actually physically doing it and learning. You can't teach somebody when they haven't gone through that that mindset. You know, I keep saying to Mark Wood a lot. Yeah, the, the minute you get a test match five for the next five for will be a lot easier. It's probably the same again a hundred. So I look at teams and the greatest team that's ever played in my time, Australia. And I did a great conversation with Rob Key, you know, a, a few days ago. And he talked about what this Australia team did to you. And especially in that 2002, 2003 period where there would, there wouldn't be a great deal between the two teams for, for the first two and a half, three days. And then all of a sudden, because of the relentless pressure that the team is putting on you, the team that's not quite good enough and the team that doesn't know how to win and the team that's got huge confidence and knows how to win will just quickly take the game and uh, away from the opposition. And I thought that's what England did again today. Five, five wins on a bounce away from home. England know how to win away from home in the recent times. And I think Schlank is not yeah, inability of playing test cricket as well as you know, knowing that England have been in this position before and won. I think that was a difference between the game going one way for England and the other way for, for Sri Lanka around about sort of early morning. I think it's, I think this game went, I said yesterday on a podcast, by lunchtime, we'd, we'd have an idea of who was going to win the game. Actually, by drinks on the first more, on, the, on the first session, England had more or less won it. Yeah, 67 for six at lunch, but uh, the damage had already been done and the, the panic had already set. Uh, great stuff, Army. Okay, let's get on with the next section. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops, if we're stopping to get gas. You will be timed. Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have like, you know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. <laughs> a lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, <laughs> yeah, you, you were different. And so much more. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, then I have some excellent news. The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is being hosted in Barbados this June, which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year. To make the most of your trip, you can also experience eight matches from the series in Barbados, including England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies in the culinary capital of the Caribbean. There truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados. Truly the best place to be a cricket fan. Moment of the day. Well, I suppose the, the Dominic Sibley LBWs should probably have been in moment of the day. Um, and 
the fact that Jack Leach and Dominic Best took four wickets each should probably have been his story of the day. So let's switch things around because it's quite unusual, isn't it, to see a scorecard where the first innings, all 10 wickets go in the way of pace and in the second innings, all 10 wickets go the way of spin, including two for two for Joe Root at the end. What an all-rounder he may turn out to be. <laughs> but look, how much of... How much um, are Jack Leach and Dominic Best going to take from that second innings uh, when they both combined with uh, with great effect to take four wickets apiece? I think they'll take a lot because you can only get out and you can only work with what is standing 22 yards away from you. I thought Dom Best, if, if Dom Best can get a hold of the video, I'm sure he will, get a hold of the video of Court Crawley, Bold Best, I think it was Fernando, that the way he bowled it, the flight, it was, a, it was his first wicket, the actual flight, the pierce, the area he bowled on a turning wicket, and, and you know, the dip, everything that was the perfect off spinning bowl. And that's what he's going to take away from uh, moving forward into India. And that's what he's got to bowl four out of six. If he can bowl four out of six of them, he's got a chance of not only surviving India, potentially being a threat in India. I thought both of them together, the both the both bowl very, very well. I thought, again, there was a little bit of inconsistency, but I think they're getting better, and that's the most important thing. When you, when you look at it in the grand scheme of things, going into a test tour away from home in the subcontinent, you want your spin bowlers to have bowled about between 100 and 120 overs going into, the, into that game, into that first test match. If you think of an old tour of India, You'd play three warm-up games going into the game where your, your spinners, your two spinners that's probably going to play in the first test, will probably bowl 30 overs each in each of them warm-up games to get them ready for the test match. Dunbess has bowled 85 overs and Jack Leach has bowled 110. So they're starting to get the volume of overs. They get across to India, into Chennai. They have four or five good deers in the nets. And fingers crossed, they'll have ironed out little bits of inconsistency what they've had in this two test matches because of the bowl with them sort of inconsistencies in this test match, like they did in the two test matches, they'll get punished a lot more than what they would have of the shrinking bowlers because these batsmen are just a different, different level apart. So for me, good signs. They got wickets. That's the thing. You know, they got wickets. Best got 12, Leach got 10. If there was inconsistencies and they weren't getting wickets, then I'd be SOS in for Adil Rashid, SOS in for Moen Ali. But at the end of the day, the two guys got wickets, which will give them confidence. Fingers crossed, you know, a, a couple of good sessions in Chennai, and they can go into it because you know the that's their currency. Their currency is getting wickets. If this, if they go at three and four and over, but they're getting fours and five wickets, can put up with that. Happy day is not a problem. You know, I keep harping back. Sound like Goffy again, going back to my day. But the, the thing with someone like the great Shane Warne. If you let Shane Warne bowl and you'll always get wickets. If you went after him and went at fours and fives, then you stood a, still stood a chance of winning a test match. These bowlers have still got to try and take wickets, and if, even if they're going for runs. Tell you what, statistics, eh? Statistics and, uh, well, you know the, uh, the, the cliche. Following that series, Dominic Bess averages 21 with the ball and Mark Wood averages 51. So they, <laughs> that, that, doesn't, <laughs> that does not tell the tale of the series. Anyway. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, let's move on to some of the other moments. Um, Johnny Bairstow getting out for 29. Now, let's just uh, imagine a world where he doesn't get out for 29. He's still there. 84 not out. England win the test by six wickets. He's going to India if that happens, isn't he? Um, 
I would love to have said yes, but I still think we would have said no. I still don't think they would have took him. I think this is a stubborn bunch. I think Ed Smith's a very, very stubborn character. I think the ECB are a very stubborn bunch. It doesn't matter how many Johnny Best I was getting in that these two test matches. He wasn't going. He wasn't going to come back until the uh, the third test match. Other oh, other oh, sorry, the, the yeah, for the third test match. I'm still baffled by the, the decision, but hey, this is the way this the way the COVID and the the new you know the new world is that the amount of cricket that players play, which is not anywhere near as much as what they did 10, 15, 20 years ago. But, you know, players seem to want to be taken out and put back in. I'd struggle me playing in this in this environment because I needed to play till I was borderline injured rather than have a week off. If I had a week off, I couldn't bowl a ball straight for three or four days. It took me a while to get going. So I think you have to be careful with the individuals that you are leaving out because somebody who's in nice touch and I think if you ask any of the top players, and you know, if you look at what we've got coming to India, I'll have this conversation in two weeks' time with the likes of Mark Butcher, and you know, you you talk about to Kevin Peterson, you know, they'll tell you Mark Nicholas, they'll tell you if you're on a bit of touch, nice movement, front and back foot's going well. The last thing you do you want is a week off. You want a first class game coming next week. You want one coming straight after. You want to cash in because you have more times in your career when it's not working. Um, and you have to grind and fight and you know, kick and scream. So Johnny, I think, will be disappointed that he's going home. I think Joss Butler, I think that that's a decision that needs to be looked at as well because all of a sudden, if Joss Butler goes and gets a score in the first Test match in in Chennai off the back of this after the, off the back of this forty six not out, it's another one who is starting to sort of hit form just at the right time, and you're going to send him off for a rest. So. I think England have got to be careful on doing that. I personally wouldn't be sending Best of home. I still think he's one of our best players of, of spin and attacking spin. And like I said yesterday on the following on podcast, I believe that the only way England were going to win this test match was if England needed a counter-attack, and that would be through Besto and Butler. I actually thought Johnny Johnny did a team thing in this game, in this innings. I thought he you know, he needed to come out. He needed to play a few shots. He did. He put Schlanker back on the back foot. Um, and he got out playing a, a selfless way for the team rather than, you know, just trying to grind a, a 50 or a 60 not out and potentially digging a hole. Dominic Sibley was going to do that at one end. Johnny Besto needed to up and elevate the scoring rate just to keep England going and not dying in a hole and put, keeping the pressure on from Sri Lanka. So I actually thought Johnny played a, a good little knock there. Yeah, I wouldn't be sending him home. I think I'd be keeping him out there. Lol of the day. Lol of the day. Well, it's got to be uh, Joe Root chirping Shandamal, I would suggest. Uh, yeah. To get out to a daft shot. And hey, presto, that's exactly what he did. It's a, it's a new Tino mind the windows moment. Yeah, new mind the windows t- uh, moment for, for Chandamal after, you know, he hit OK, he hit a good shot down the ground, the ball before, and then he's he's told them to have a go. I think Dick Weller again, great great conversation with Dom Sibley. I thought that was a good comeback. You know, when Dick Weller asked Sibley, are you going to be opening the batting in India? And he just turned around and was like, I don't know. <laughs> not, had a, not had a great series here, to be fair. So, you know, we'll wait and see. There was that one. I go back to, again, here we go again. It's, you know... Me old mate, yeah, Kusil Pereira. What was he thinking trying to sweep, hack, slog sweep, Jack Leach from around the wicket, ball pitch middle, turned back into sort of middle and leg, and he missed it by about three foot. Mm. I, I, 
you, you say to any young, you say to any young batsman, any young kid, you know, if you're throwing a, a ball, to, a tennis ball to a five-year-old, and you say to her, well, you can't, you know, you can't hit it if you're not watching it. You know, Pereira was looking at what was happening in the sky rather than what was happening out of Jack Leach's hand. Yeah, Mickey Arthur again, his his uh, reaction. We should have had a Mickey Arthur camera. To be fair, that would have been been hilarious. But yeah, I agree. The the root little chirp because it was quite a lot of chirp coming from the the uh, the Sri Lankan slips when they were trying to get into Root's head because that's how they were trying to get him out because they couldn't get him out because of how well he was playing. Um, and sometimes you know the game comes back and bites you horribly on the backside. And I thought it did for Chandamal there. And it was, uh, it, it was amusing for the captain. I'll tell you what else I liked as well. And it, it's not a lot. I've just thought about it there when you mentioned about Joe. Every time England, this, they've got a wicket, the reaction of the captain, you know, and, and reactions tell me everything. The reaction of the captain, when you see them wickets again and you see his celebration and his face, his delight. Yes, it's, it's, it's a win on his record. But I think it was a delight for the bowler who was getting the wicket because he knows how much confidence these bowlers are going to need, and how much uh, just a little. It's it's not it's not really too much in the grand scheme of things going forward. But Joe Root's reaction when Bess and Butler were getting uh, Bess and Leach were getting them wickets, yeah, I think that tells you everything about what he he was thinking about not only his bowlers and and how pleased he was for his team to win in Sri Lanka. It was brilliant. And I think that meant more to him than the the 186 runs he got. Yeah, I totally agree. I actually sent a message to um, one of Joe's friends, I won't say who, but just saying he just looks really happy. I've not seen him look as refreshed and as... Look, we've seen Joe Root celebrate wickets... um, not with anger, but you know, with frustration or relief, or just he just looked tired at times. But I agree, you know, there was a catch by Crawley, I think, which he just reacted wonderfully well. Um, he's just seemed really happy for the two test matches, mm. and and long may that continue because uh, obviously, if he's happy, then England are doing quite well. Absolutely, um, Harmeet, brilliant stuff. We will be back tomorrow on Tuesday with a cricket collective, a, 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 an hour long uh, review of this series, hearing from the likes of Joe Root, man of the match in both games and, you know, uh, obviously player of the series or player of the match, um, I should say. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll hear them from the Sri Lankan perspective as well and we will cast our eye to the big one. Four test matches, five T20s, three ODIs. The action gets away next week, can you believe it, Harmy? The 5th of February on TalkSport 2. So that will be uh, the the Cricket Collective on TalkSport 2, released as part of the following on podcast. Thank you very much for joining us throughout this series. I've uh, been an absolute delight to uh, co-host it with the main man, Steve Harmison. We will be back, Harmy. Uh, but for now, thanks for listening to the following on podcast. And you can continue to do so on ACOS, Spotify, or all your usual podcast providers. Thanks for listening. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. 
Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you are keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops, if we're stopping to get gas. You will be timed. Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have like, you know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. <laughs> a lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, yeah, you, you were different. And so much more. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.